Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, you two. Okay. All right, here we are. Are we, are we in? Are we on? Yeah. Yeah, I realize why I can't hear because one of my sides of my earphones is dead. Broken? Broken. Budge. Oops. Uh, pretty much. Okay. Pretty oh, much. Certainly. Oh, This is for you, too. So oh, yeah, we should have done that right. before we started, but that's all right. Well, we it's okay. Always, we're always Welcome learning. Welcome to Legacy Matters. <laughs> Welcome to Legacy Matters Podcast. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Jim. Hi, Sarah. And Sam. Yeah, we're all here. And today. we're all here today. We got Sarah back. This is yep. good. You, you've been, you know, we do fine. We do fine when you're not here, but it's but different. But you need me. We do. Yep. I know you do. You we were do. floating it's around different. a while, so. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, do you want to um, tell us what the weather's like out there? You know, mm. weather is, it's <laughs> kind of sunny. Blue sky, kind of, you know, but white But what's clouds. the degrees? Uh, like. Like two degrees two? outside. I mean, it's, it's pretty cold. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, cold. Six. It is six, six it degrees. I finally today. realized that I need to have some spare things in my car, like maybe a pair of boots. Well, you've got like sixteen jackets here at the studio. <laughs> 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 yeah, you could just take it. <laughs> you know what? They need to be altered, and I guarantee you guys each five dollars. Yeah. Each of you today, I'm putting it on air that they're going to sit there until next winter <laughs> to get altered. It, well, that's, that's kind of how I work. Because we need hmm. we need contracts. Well, we need yeah a little bit of money. <laughs> we anyway. Need, well, okay. So we need maybe we can put them in a bag or something. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's poor box. art studio has become my closet. Sorry, Sarah's Jim. second closet. <laughs> Sarah's second closet. I need a rack. Yeah. A clothing rack. Um, thanks well, for subscribing. Thanks, thanks for tuning for in. Thanks for subscribing, tuning in. If you get a moment, please rate us. It's as simple as tapping the stars on, at least if you're an Apple. And we'd love if you could leave a it's review, a nice review, because believe it or not, Apple and I'm assuming Google Play, it's based on the number of reviews that you get for your and podcast are, to show up. Um, this episode will be deep into our fourth season. Fourth season, mm-hmm. and so that's that's. So we have a few under our belt. thirty per season, mm-hmm. and uh, this will be relatively deep into it. And that's a lot of that's a, a lot, lot of, of talking, a lot of good lot people, of, a lot of, lot of talking, a lot, of, a lot of finding out who's in our community. Yeah, that's true. Who who's doing a what? A lot of spreading, you know, uh, falseness. Yeah, not not falseness. That's not right. Just not facts. If we if we if we give you a, per, a percentage of things that sure, happen this look way, it up. look it up because we're wrong. But, but it's with the best of intentions. We try. Yeah. We try. Okay. All right, you guys. So, are you ready? Well, yeah. I'm going to introduce our guest. We've got Bradley Harrington in. Um, so, welcome, Bradley. Honey. Hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. Brad Bradley. Either. Either. <laughs> well, I'm going to say both. I'm yeah. going to say Brad and Bradley. Each right. We'll switch it up each time just to just to throw you off, maybe. I nah. don't think that's going to happen. Nah. I'll throw myself <laughs> off. I'll throw you guys off and tell you my real name is Nezha K. Lawson. Oh, that's, there you oh go. that's more difficult. Yep. All right. Well, is welcome. there is there a meaning behind that? Yeah, so, Nezuke Wasang is uh, my Ojibwe name. It was a name given to me when I was a baby through uh, Ojibwe ceremony. And uh, uh, there was a point in time in my life where I had forgotten it. And 
uh, you know, one one of those things, you know, looking back, uh, the hindsight's twenty twenty thing. Mm-hmm. When I became disconnected from my name, I became dis, a bit more disconnected from my Ojibwe spirituality. Then my spirit wasn't getting nourished, and then my life started having all types of problems. Mm, of and course. 2005, I was in Rush City Prison. I was like, well, I, I want to be cool and be able to say my intro in Ojibwe. I got time uh, to practice. so <laughs> <laughs> You had plenty of time to sit there and learn. Yeah, so there was yeah. a, a volunteer that came in. His name was Obazan, And he was coming in and helping us do sweat lodges. And he was a spiritual advisor for the Mille Lacs people and other Ojibwe people in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So I kind of knew what it was. So I was like, have you ever heard... Uh, I'm looking for my name. I'm, uh, have you ever heard of something about... Uh, I think I said something about Neshke Wawaso or something like that. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I heard that name before. It's Neshke Wawaso. I was like, oh, cool. What was the name? He was like, the star that shines alone. Oh. I was like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I went and practiced, got my intro down, and I was able to sound cool. And I went back to prison again in 2009. What kind of shit are you getting into, Bradley? Craziness. Craziness. (laughs) You're not in that anymore, though. I know. I I was embracing the American oppression. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a symptom of my assimilation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like my spiritual antibodies pushing back. Mm -hmm. I was in a Mm -hmm. weakened state. Did, uh, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but (laughs) just wondering if that, uh, if the prison system, which you know we we incarcerate way too many people in this country, but was there any positive that came out of it? Was that time spent a reflection? I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, not, not to say it's good. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying to do that. But you can look back at anything and pick out silver linings, and <laughs> sure. positives, and <laughs> yeah. lessons learned. Yeah. But at the time, I just thought it was life. It was just something that. Indian men do that. That was going to be yeah. what happened to you. I was like, yeah, well, this is. Uh, it's just my turn. My 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 turn to to work on uh, this part of my stereotype and share. Uh, life is going to go on. Do my time. Get out. Most likely come back. Do more time. Get out. Most likely come back. And the recidivism rate increases every time you go back. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I was on my way back for the second time. But, well, in there, the second time, 2009, I had no intention. Oh, I just wanted to do my time, get out, and continue on with uh, my life. A year into it, uh, 2010, April, I was a year into it, and... Uh, I was in treatment, intensive treatment, in Lionel Lakes Correctional Facility, and I was about ready to either get kicked out or quit. They weren't buying the BS anymore, and uh, I was struggling, and I was like, oh, well, my rewards are, if I complete treatment in here, I'm in for DUI, I don't have to... I can go home when I get out if I do treatment in here. If not, I'm going to have to get out and do treatment, which would then mean I'll run away. More time. I'll be sent back quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I can do my best to complete the treatment well in there 
and then I get to go to minimum, which uh, which is a big deal when you're locked up because you can go in and out as you want. And then one of the coolest parts that got me was every Sunday you can order pizza from a local pizzeria. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. How old were you at this time? 2000 and, 2009, I was 28. 28 years old now. Yeah. Looking forward to pizza every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's like a, a of slice of a normalcy or mm-hmm. something. Must have been my inner Ninja Turtle, all the Ninja Turtle <laughs> propaganda I got. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, we talk about this from time to time, but it just amazes me the amount of resources we spend to, to not get the benefit of a human life. Like, it, because at 28 years old, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you were doing things you shouldn't do and stuff, but if you were, if your life, if you were given the tools, you know, just given the chance and given the tools, like what kind of creative things might you have been doing or what kind of good things works would you have been doing? But instead there's an entire system mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. to make money off of finding a place for you to order pizza only on Sundays. And that's your reward, you know? Yeah. And that was it. And that was, uh, Fulfilling the the long term goal of America, which would have been to erase, uh, eradicate the culture from yeah, mm-hmm. the physical people might still be here, but everything tied to who their ancestors were would have been disconnected. Yeah. So I'll make or break it in treatment. Pizza on my mind, and uh, they were having like a victim impact week. Uh, beginning of april in 2010 so i was one year in exactly i went in april 7th of 2009 and uh, they're bringing in speakers i think they brought in like uh jacob wetterling's mom and mm. um a couple of the people i can't remember but they rolled this some um, poor guy on stage who was in a wheelchair and he was talking about getting hit by a drunk driver yeah. I'm getting traumatic brain injury, having to relearn to walk. And then I was like, okay, how can I wrap this up in a paper that's going to save my treatment, get me back in good with my group and my therapist so I can hopefully graduate? And trying to figure that out, uh, I still had no intention on ever quitting. Uh, I, I was playing the system still. Right. But the guy that pushed him up on stage was the guy that hit him mm. and they developed wow. a relationship through both of their recovery through the guy in the wheelchair his physical recovery and the guy that hit him his chemical addiction recovery and yep. form this relationship to where they're able to go to prisons now and talk about it yeah so that that part floored me and that was uh that was a pivotal moment you know of my life that uh uh destroyed a lot of thoughts that I had about myself yeah uh, because I was always the guy in the wheelchair I was uh, you know the systems after me uh, the, the cops did it the judge was uh, in someone on else's my own attorney me down <laughs> yeah they could have done a better yeah, job my therapist my whole group is against me yeah. I was always I was always the guy in the wheelchair yeah but then when they started talking to the other guy I was like I'm both guys yeah and mm-hmm. i put myself in that wheelchair yeah. uh, mm-hmm. i crippled myself mm-hmm. and 
I went back to my therapist after that week and I was like, you, you know what? Um, I, I've been doing this all wrong. Uh, I don't know exactly how to express it yet, but I need to get in touch with uh, who I am as an Ojibwe person. Yeah. I've done your treatments before. I can go through your workbooks and go through the motions. Yeah. I can do it all. But if I were to figure out who I am, I had two and a half years left. I was like, I want to focus on that. And God, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to focus on. So I asked if I can get different books sent in. I'll still do the very bare minimum Mm -hmm. in order to do their treatment. But I wanted to do other work in terms of spirituality. So they found a portion of their treatment. It was a Hazelden treatment. And oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, cognitive. But when I started getting other stuff sent in, so I had a Ojibwe history book sent in that was written by an Ojibwe person in the mid 1800s but then it was published after he passed on by his uh, wife in about 1880 or 1890 and all stories that he went and collected from the wisconsin minnesota area at the time you know that was before they're even states yeah he was collecting these stories so it kind of he compiled it in a way or his wife compiled it in a way to where it kind of told a history so is this in english or is this in it's in english okay and I was able to, okay, that's that's my history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was like, I've been taught all the George Washington stuff, all the Christopher Columbus stuff, but that's really not my history. Right. Uh, my history was here. <clears throat> and then I got other stuff sent in um, Ojibwe language. So, uh, what was it, five, four or five years, five years before that, I was figuring out my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was able to do the intro, but then I wanted to do more. I I knew that if I continued this, I would get better. So I studied language. How are you with Ojibwe now? Sometimes I get to use it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, mm-hmm. good. Um, today, I, I'm able to converse with some of the elders. Not too much, but enough to where i can learn in the language now yeah i mean that's how you learn it right Mm -hmm. is you have to speak and uh i've been taking some some of what i've known and helping out at our funerals which are all done in completely in ojibwe great well so i've finished treatment um learning more about spirituality so i read like tuesdays with maury and a couple other books that just talked about Mm self-reflection went to minimum i got to spend a year and a half now yeah yeah ordered over 50 pizzas (laughs) (laughs) yeah year and a half i I imagine yeah (laughs) but i needed that Mm -hmm. i needed that year and a half to practice in a semi-released environment yeah to practice treating each other better, uh, treating people better, regardless of how they're acting. You know, in prison, you don't run into re- sure. really good characters right. mm-hmm. and sure. mm-hmm. best intentioned. But I needed that practice for when I got out. Uh, my initial plans for getting out was to get released down here in the cities. The default 
more opportunity, more jobs, more services. Sure. Get away from my toxic environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was planning on that for a year. And about six months before I was to get out, um, nothing was lining up. And I was like, well, I might as well go home if after everything that I've learned. So now I got a year more of learning language, yeah. a year more of learning history, culture. If if I can't make it at home, I might as well not be able to make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because I can get out and be successful down here, down in the cities here, and be just as miserable, right? Yeah. Or I could go home and be miserable and be somewhat successful. Yeah, and be with people I'm, you know, it's, you're comfortable with at that point. My whole family uses. Um, some, yeah, yeah, right. Mm. But but even so, they're still your family, you know. So you'd put yourself back yeah. into a bad position just because it's the more comfortable of the two, even though yeah. it's not good for you in yeah. any way. Yeah. And so I got out August 1st of 2012. You no know, push. I was like, I'm going to do something different. Brad, everybody says that. Mm. Yeah. I, like, I know. But something deep down inside me says that if I don't, uh, I probably won't be here much longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would most likely go back to prison because that's automatic. Sure, yeah. Um, but I made it the the whole five years without any uh, write-ups or no bad UAs or anything. I've been clean now since April 7th of... Well, I say April 4th or 5th. I can't remember if it was right. day or night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But I know you on the 5th I was definitely still high. Yeah. So I say the fifth. Mm. And when you say hi, do you mind if I ask what what drugs? Because I'm not, you know, and you don't have to answer honestly, but um, I just don't know much about certain drugs. You know, like how how impactful they are and what kind of dangers lurk within them. Well, I was taking whatever anything, uh, whatever was mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Uh, in treatment, they try to have you identify your drug of choice. What's your drug of choice? What's your DOC? Yeah, and then I. One time I just said it as a joke, and then I was like, "That's the truth. My drug of mm-hmm. choice is drugs." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I was like, I, I, "It really didn't matter, <laughs> yeah. right?" Yeah, because um, there are times when I would use uh, uppers. Yeah, it didn't matter what kind it was. It was uppers, and then there are times when I wanted downers. Times when I wanted mm-hmm. a drink. Yeah. Use it all. Mm-hmm. I'll smoke weed. Uh, balance balance it out. Yeah. I was like, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pick one or the other. And no, but I think I'll be uppers. I lean more towards. <laughs> yes, but it didn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and and you know, I mean, thank God you stopped. Holy crap! Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been eight years. You said what year was this then, the final? 2013? 2009. 2009. Ooh, 11, 2009 years. 11 years. 11 years. April will be 11 years. Congratulations. April yeah. would be 10 years voluntarily. Yeah. Where I actually decided to quit yeah. for good was a year after I actually stopped. Okay. So I try to keep that in mind because, um, no, deep down it feels like I'm trying to buy an extra year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when <laughs> You can just. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> at some point, you just got to give yourself a pat on the back yeah. right? and be like, yeah. Yeah. "Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while." Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you said something. There's two things that you said. Uh, one right off the bat when you said, "My real name is." I wonder what you know. I can't imagine what that's like to to know that you've got two parts to you. Mm-hmm. You were, you were fractured, mm-hmm. sort of by by our system, yeah. you know, and and you had to find your way back to what you knew to be yourself. That's that's just amazes me. It makes yeah. me all teary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, that's what it took was to figure out who I really was, mm-hmm. and then during that time, I was like. I'm not Brad Harrington. That's what my parents had to put down on formal government papers right? in order for me to get a social security number so I'm not an undocumented alien. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Do, do the two of you get along these days? Oh, yeah. We they we uh, pitched ideas back and forth to each other. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, because there's, I mean, you've got to have a dialogue between those two yeah. selves, right? Yeah, because one was uh, growing up a res boy and uh, who was filled with a bunch of uh, imaginary tales on what Indian people should be like, Mm -hmm. but then fulfilled with a bunch of lies that I believe were the truth at one point. Yeah. Well, I think I'm glad they get along. Yeah. (laughs) They were fighting there for a while. Yeah, it sounds like it. Every once in a while, they have have a little... uh, Falling back out. and forth, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but now then, they talk to each other a yeah, little bit. But, yeah, uh, and uh, Brad knows that Nezhikewasan is usually right most of the time now. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Yeah, so good. Uh, the other thing that you said in there is something that I have tried to articulate, and I think I've kind of failed at it a little bit. But it's it's an extension of what you were talking about with yourself being both the person in the wheelchair and the person who put him in the wheelchair. And it's, I feel like, you know, we as a society, whether, whether we were the perpetrators or descendants of the perpetrators or not or whatever, it doesn't really matter so much anymore. That's, we talk about legacy and we were talking about it the other day that I actually think your legacy is what is moving forward. We always think of it as what happened in the past, but I think it's actually what you do now that affects what happens in the future. And when you talk about like, I don't know how to get, make everything much better, but um, the idea of having an open apology from one, from knowing that neither the person who caused the car accident nor the person who was injured by it can move forward without coming together and and embracing each other basically and saying like let's figure this out together the future together uh of what happened yeah and i you know it's so embarrassing to me really that that our government that our you know which is of the people right that we can't figure out how to just say look i'm sorry you know it and not only am I sorry, but let's let's make sure that that a hundred years from now we're hugging each other and we're we're friends. You know, we're doing the best we can for each other and with each other. So, mm-hmm. and uh, how I picture that is, so Barack Obama did issue an apology. Did he? Yeah, back two thousand nine. I want to say. And and can, do you remember kind of what that 
apology was. I wasn't was. too interested in it. Yeah. Not too interested. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I do know, but you know, when when we apologize, um, you know, apologizing is one part. So yeah, it's it's a yeah. Let's say I, I clamped a, a a binder yeah thingy on your arm like that. Took a paper clip and shoved it through your ear. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just picking looking at yeah. yeah, taking your pen and yeah. shoving it backwards in your ear. Yeah, and then I'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry for doing all. <laughs> and then I just, hey, I just leave you like that. <laughs> hey, sorry about that. Oh, sorry well, I'll tell you that. what. Take them off yourself. <laughs> I love the analogy because I'll tell you what. If if I'm sitting here and you do all of that to me, I am like, what the fuck is yeah. going on with Bradley? What's <laughs> like, wrong well, with me that he's treating me oh, like? Yeah. What, right. what, why is this happening? But and and if you said nothing else, I would never know anything, right? Mm-hmm. But the second you say I'm sorry is the moment that I maybe think that you could. Right, now you're gonna stop. Do you mean you're, you're actually gonna stop? And well, maybe one more paper clip. Yeah, right. 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 way to go. Right. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right. So I My mean, policies say yeah. Well, yeah. So the clips. the apology has to be followed by action, and I get what your point is. And and the apology. So the first thing is it has to be sincere, yep. it, mm. it, and it has to be there has to be a way that you can understand that. We've recognized I should stop shoving paper clips through your ear. I clearly, I thought that was okay, but it's not, yeah. you know, and it's hurting you. And the second, you know, but I can say I'm sorry and do it again. Yeah. And that's just psychopathic. Sorry again. Yeah, you know, that's just weird. Um, but if I, you know, if there's a moment where you can see the sincerity where, where it's real, that's the first tiny little step. And then the next one is let me help. You with I mean, this let's get these out of you yeah let's get these out of you and let's let's figure out how to not ever have this happen again and let's work together to to make you whole and a better future because yep. yeah i think part of that is um i'm thinking we've talked about this before with other guests it's an uncomfortable conversation to have and i'm thinking the three yeah. of us white people like honestly you know we're sitting here but it's having that discussion and not being afraid and you had mentioned before we started recording how you've been very open about your journey and your story and part of that is being vulnerable and saying admitting mistakes knowing they're maybe part of a bigger obviously problem but it's having that discussion so my question to you is how are you kind of paying that forward for the next generation or for someone that's going through something similar that you went through yeah so when when we start talking about legacy would i be able to help people the way i am able to today if i didn't have the experience Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we we talk about it in our treatment centers, so we try to have Native American treatment centers. But who do we go in and hire to be the therapists? I was like, they uh, may never have used before. They may most likely won't be Indian people. Sure. And so we're trying to convey a, a, a cultural rehab with... Uh, people that are not the wrong like folks. you, you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh, you know i i see it today too with uh there's a new group coming out called peer recovery specialists and then so i seen it posted in my on my res up there in malax and peer recovery specialists um apply here uh you need to pass a background check you need to have all these things in order to be one and i sit back and think i was like are we going to get a peer Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. 
because uh, uh, when you think of just peer recovery specialist, peer recovery, somebody who is in recovery that's like you. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. right. Your peer. And, you know, that's one of the things where we got to shift the system. So I can imagine that my story, maybe some of my uh, experiences in general can help a white person. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go start talking to him about get you money due and the spirits and Ojibwe language. And he's going to be sitting and looking at me like, what are you talking about? Maybe, yeah. I was like, well, it's going to be the same thing for uh, a non-travel person yep. to come right. and mm-hmm. try to mm-hmm. even empathize. Mm-hmm. Let's say they read a book and they able to pronounce money due correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So peer recovery. So without... My experiences, um, being from the reservation, having the stereotypical life, and then turning it a little bit. I don't even think I turned it too much, just enough to get out of my cycle uh-huh. and relate it back. So that that's how I'm helping people, if that mm-hmm. was your question. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's an amazing bit of, well bit it's a, a huge self-reflection that you were able to do for yourself and then it's how can you which obviously you're doing and I think it starts by telling your story and being comfortable about sharing that story yeah, yeah a lot of Brene Brown okay <laughs> this? Got, gotta listen to that once I Brene Brown yeah Brene Brown she's okay. uh she works in vulnerability mm. Mm. Uh, she's pretty well well known out there in the vulnerability area but sure she uh listening to the talks that she puts on i even took a small course on daring to be great or something like yeah that, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> which yeah. was about vulnerability mm-hmm. um one thing that you mentioned too and i was thinking about this is that and and this is something that comes up in in my life um <clears throat> talking about folks that are incarcerated because i have people in uh law enforcement and things like that in my life you know um but you know like proximity you know Mm. like when you when you go you mentioned wanting to get out of the environment you know but then you kind of went back into the environment and and what is you know when you when you go back and i also have lost some dear friends of mine one dear friend of mine my brother actually to um substance abuse um, and that was, you know, years of treatment and whatnot, and then going back to the same group. And, and it's, it, it really has a grip on you. So when you went back to the same environment, but it sounded like you didn't want to, right? No, but, I didn't. Yeah. But that's an additional sort of struggle, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going back. I uh, had to... I went back to my house. I had a house. Uh, it would have been easier to leave if I didn't have the yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I um, had the house. I had uh, four kids. You've, you've got four kids? I had four kids then. Now number seven is due in April. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. So uh, I went back and all my friends, everybody I pretty much grew up with, uh, my whole family, we're put on this little plot of land called the reservation Mm -hmm. from my grandmother all the way down to my cousin's kids where we're all in that area yeah and it was 
we all grew up close and we were all users and when I got out uh, my sister was a couple years into recovery when I got out okay which was really really cool and uh, she really helped me out a lot and older or younger older sister yeah okay. so you had someone there Support that was system, that was yeah. able to yep. help relate to and then I cut off all my friends yeah mm-hmm. you have to that's hard yep and I pretty much hung out with old guys for like three or four years yeah but uh, my friends when I got out and heard the way that I talked I'm doing different I, I can't I don't want to do that no more mm-hmm. yeah that's the same stuff whatever mm-hmm. yeah they had a bet going that uh, so I got out August 1st <laughs> The latest one where they said that I'll be back was by Christmas. Yeah. So I they gave you a five to <laughs> six month window. Yeah. I was like, yeah, and those are my friends. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, my I, family. Yeah. Right. You know, friends. It, it's like the the people you're closest to are always the ones the most able to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's not. It's just human nature. I mean, and you, they're they're stuck in that the loop that you were stuck in so yep, it's like impossible for them to, to see your right, new yeah bring me right back in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's an additional thing to shake yeah i mean yeah the uh, uh <laughs> the the part about peer uh counseling you know i i love the idea of like we compartmentalize everything like i i really want my doctor to have gone to training you know, to, to know how to do surgery. <laughs> like it makes a lot of sense yep. to me, but I think like counseling is one of those things that sure there's, you know, there's great training out there uh, and people can get certified and stuff like that. But, but we as humans, like we almost gave up just the understanding that we can all be each other's counselors that it's not that we shouldn't have training programs, but mm-hmm. like, um, we're human. Of course we can help counsel each other because it's all about empathy. And, and so I think of like, if I think it would have improved my life if, if I had a, you know, if I had different people were represented in that counseling for me, I not different viewpoints you mean, or someone. Yeah. Like, like if, if I, I can understand you don't, you don't send a trained white person to the reservation and inspect, expect that everybody can empathize with them but maybe if you've got 30 days of counseling maybe two of those days should be with the trained white person so Mm -hmm. that you can get a better understanding of who they are and they of you Mm -hmm. and then you've got you know a person of color or a person from the south or what you know just mix it up so that you see so that we get a better mix of understanding from different viewpoints you know which is what we'll get in a prison treatment setting, but you do you do get some mix in there. Yeah, yeah. There's not too many, but yeah, <laughs> you know, right, you get right. a mix. Yeah. Uh, when I went home, uh, 2012, 13, and 14, I wasn't focused on trying to help anybody. I was busy trying to mm-hmm. make sure I didn't mm-hmm. miss. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So of energy. I turned turned my back on a lot of my old friends. Then when I turned around and started trying to advocate and help people, 20, late 2014, 2015, I was already starting to lose some of the people that I was close with and hmm. still lose. Um, just last week, we buried a 
a 30-year-old gal. I've known her for a long time from an OD. Uh, one of my uh, a close brother cousin of mine uh, a little over a year ago to an OD and one time we were sitting around talking about it and we're like wow we've lost uh, over the since 2012 or so about 15 to 20 wow. people yeah, that, that we grew been up you. with that would have been you if you hadn't gotten out of it um, I remember I was doing a, a talk and I was going to go in and I was looking for pictures to ask for a, a slideshow or a PowerPoint and I was like, man, you guys are really trying to make me fancy here. <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking for pictures and I found a picture. There was me and uh, two of my friends, people that I've known for a very long time. Uh, both of them had OD'd within mm. the past year. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk later about off the mics about some of the programs we're trying to bring out. This is just we do this on the side, yeah. so we'll talk about some other stuff we do. But, All right, um, we should take, take a quick break. Yeah, we should take a quick okay. Break. We'll be back. Yep. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit JamesHolmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Yeah, you're. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it always goes. I'm pretty loose around here. I did fire it up. So. Oh, you that's did perfect. when I was looking for my pen. No, I just fired it up a moment. I bought a whole thing. I love these pens. Whatever they're that's the most like super old generic. School. Yeah, that's like what my Bic. mom used to. But know. I bought a whole packet, and I'm like, it's going to last a month because you lose them, right? That's not the bic. It's the other one. Oh, because uh, um, the bic bics are were the round white plastic. Sure. Very oh, reliable. I don't. Yeah, but. Th these are my favorite. We'll figure yeah. it out. I'll figure it out. You go ahead and talk. It is Bic. 
Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sam's wrong. Sam's wrong. <sighs> the mysteries of the universe solved <laughs> right. here anyway. every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the other Bic. Bic. It's the other Bic. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, oh, yeah. That's Bradley, why we're doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are a busy guy. Yes. I mean, you, yeah. you are doing a lot. And, you know, what's funny about this show that we do is that before, you, before we start recording, we're talking and babbling. We do it on the break. And then we... So I want to go back to some of the things that you're working on right now, currently. Which you did, like last night, for instance. You had a late night last night. Yeah, we were talking about government and yeah. and the importance of people understanding who their representatives are. And I mean, you're putting a lot of time into a lot of things. Yeah, so when I first started working and putting community effort in, uh, I made it a point to make sure I'm available or putting in effort any time I would have been high. So there's times there where I was high for like three weeks and I was like, well, I better put in three straight work, three straight weeks of work. You're like, uh, you're, you're like atoning for yeah. those times. Yep, by I'm trying to yeah. make up for that. Yeah. Right. The balance. The same work ethic. Yeah. 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 That you had really that's interesting. Work ethic getting high. Uh, yeah. You had a really good drug ethic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so. Well, don't burn yourself out. You know? Oh no! I, I take you, the time to mm-hmm. come back in, take get care of yourself. Yeah, yep. which is why uh, I'm still fairly dark-haired and oh yeah, <laughs> my wrinkles aren't uh, yep. too prominent. You, you're looking good, <laughs> and I need that type of energy in order to keep going. So I yeah, I I work a lot with uh, my spirituality spirituality to make sure. I'm still going, so I, mm. who am I? Is Nujakeawasung. Found out another story that Nujakeawasung was a money doer spirit that was around at the beginning, uh, at the creation time. And when it came time for the money due to let this place be a physical space, he didn't want to leave the Anishinaabe people. So uh, he stayed back. He passed on some teachings, which is what I'm now seeking out. Yeah. But he was the last one to leave. And then, uh, so the story is, every time the sun is rising, there's one star left. Hmm. So mm-hmm. that's Najake Awasam, the last one to leave. Hmm. But then when the sun is setting, there's always that first star that yeah. comes out, mm-hmm. and then that's Najake Awasam. Mm-hmm. So well, single yeah. source of light, a lone shining star. Uh-huh. That's So on both sides of it. Yep. Th- that mm-hmm. yep. last star and the first stars. Yeah. Yep, the physical, so understanding spirituality, there's a physical representation of spiritual energy. So that that's it right there. Gotcha. And then and applying myself to my community is <coughs> uh, when I tell my stories and relate back to uh, my people and try to relate to the younger males, uh, I tell the stories of, well, when I was using what I was thinking, how I felt about myself, because I don't think we talk about that when mm-hmm. we're using. We just say, yeah, we wanted to get high. We got high mm-hmm. and went to jail. Mm-hmm. I was like, well. You're getting uh, at the root. Yeah. Like, what's the, yeah. I didn't know who I was as an Anishinaabe. <coughs> mm-hmm. I was filling this uh, void that I was told was there. Did you guys want to wait until that beeping is done? Oh no, <laughs> that's like a constant, as character, huh? Right? <laughs> as Marty Marty talked about it because uh, he's listened to all the shows, and it's this construction across the street, and it's every day. You can't oh, get away all from day it, long, so. every yeah. day. 
Yeah, he says, oh, yeah, I always hear character. that beeping in the background. It adds character. Yeah. Yeah. It adds character. Yeah. Yep. We're in a little flavor. Site. <laughs> yeah. So, Najuke um, Wasung, uh, first star and the last star. And through my name, that uh, spiritual energy, that guidance is passed on because that name was given to me not from the physical space, mm. but from here. Now, how do I represent that in my life? So put in put in the work, right? I try to help my people. I try to make sure that uh, I'm putting forth the effort, the unrelenting one to where I'm the last one to leave and mm. the first one to show up. Mm. And applying that to my life, uh, it feels like I have enough energy to do it all to where right. uh, I can. So things that I'm working on is... Uh, I volunteer in my community at community events, whether it just be setting up chairs, taking out garbage. I've developed the knack for public speaking, so now I MC. So I MC public events or, and powwows, and I'm doing a powwow next month. And uh, volunteering, education, knowing, knowing who you are from the start as opposed to learning a whole bunch of stuff we got to topple over and rebuild off of right so i'm big into education so i've been volunteering on our indian ed parent committee for onamia public school since 2013 and i think i've been the chairman ever since yeah um a co-chairman me and uh, another guy were, were co-chairs of it and my government work I was kind of thrust into tribal government by being an advocate, by talking about natural resources, what's Anishinaabe natural resources, how do we use that to reconnect to identity, how do we use reconnecting to identity to help with education, recidivism, chemical dependency, uh, family struggles, interpersonal relationships. And then one day they're just like, well, uh, how about... We give you the job of being commissioner of natural resources for the Max Band, and you do that for us. Yeah. <laughs> I was asked on a Friday. <laughs> you mean you were told? <laughs> <laughs> well, well the, the, the funny story is, is about a month before that, one of my teachers passed away. And he was the second one that had passed away in about a year, year and a half or so. So I lost two old man teachers uh, year about a year and both of them were supposed to put me out to fast i was supposed to go fast when the second one passed his name is uh larry smallwood i had two more teachers left so i went to the other one and it was like i was supposed to fast with doug who was the first one to pass and larry and he goes well we better get you out there so two weeks after larry passed I went to um, Hayward, Wisconsin on the Lacoudere Reservation and I fasted for four days and four nights. Uh, no food, no water out in the woods. With the only question I wanted to ask was, how can I serve my people? Mm-hmm. Some things came about it and when something happens and it reminds me of it, uh, I get another teaching from it. So it was an experience that I'm able to go back on when when uh, the spirits think it's time for me to do something. Yeah, it lives with you. A week after that, one of my 
other teachers, his wife passes away. And um, she was a white lady, really nice. And she was having her services on a church on the reservation. So I was sitting in the pew, like a week or so after I fasted, just I'm open to the world now. Um, There's opportunity coming. I don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to serve my people. I got the experiences and... Uh, our chief executive comes and talks to me and asks me, do you want to be commissioner of natural resources? <laughs> I was a little, I wasn't expecting that. I was um, planning to live out the next decade of my life, just serving the Ojibwe language, serving the ceremonies, learning, and just helping out where, wherever I can with that, because that's a point where we're really low. But, I think what caught the attention was my idea of Anishinaabe natural resources. What is it that Anishinaabe have that are natural resources? She asked me on a Friday. I asked if I can, you know, take the weekend to Mm -hmm. talk to my family. Because, you know, then I'm going to be a a tribal official, which... Mm -hmm. Yeah, more travel. Yeah. yeah. Talk to my two teachers... Monday morning, I went and met with her and said, um, I'll agree. She nominated me the next day. A week later, I went in front of the our band assembly, which is similar to the legislature. Had a two-and-a-half-hour confirmation hearing where question after question. Yeah. Two weeks, uh, I left, and then later on that day, I was confirmed. Two weeks later, I was sworn in by our judicial branch, and that was May 31st of 2017. Just about a month and a half after I fasted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It all kind of came really fast. Mm -hmm. And I was open to it. I was like, okay, here's an opportunity to serve my people, to get us back on a track that's not only going to have... Uh, impact today but over the long term and I, I, I took it on dove right in plunged forward so by this time how long have you been doing that uh, it's been two and a half years now okay so by then I've had training in tribal administration native nation rebuilding I've been down to Arizona a couple times for the Native Nations Institute down here um, federal Indian law I've taken all these certificates to make up for my lack of college degree. Sure, yeah. So then I start meeting with the state and being an official representative and meeting with the state and other tribes um, from here to Michigan. And then I did work with the United Nations. I made a statement in Manhattan Mm -hmm. last year on how to include indigenous people in decision-making at the United Nations level. How did that come about? I went to, before House Commissioner, uh, well, while I was in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Starts in prison. I was watching public broadcasting, and they're talking about the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. Hmm. Okay, That was uh, 30 years in the making, and... Uh, the United States, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand were the last four 
countries to sign on. Hmm. All the rest of the world did. Yeah. But we're, we're often a little behind. <laughs> yeah, just it's a little. It's the people with the most pro- to protect of their mm-hmm. own is the mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So that had sparked an interest. Yep. So I watched that program and I was like, wow, we got rights? Yeah, yeah. I don't have to be the, like this. Right. I, I, I have rights to something else. Yeah. Which then spurred my interest in treaties because I was looking into history at the time. Years later, I think it was 2015 or so, I hear, so I'm working in ceremonies and I'm going to go help at a wake. Um, one of my um, mentors is doing a wake in Fond du Lac. I hear of a United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples meeting in Hinckley. <laughs> so I was like, I'll shoot over to Hinckley, yeah. go check out that meeting, and then go up to the wake in Fond du Lac. It's straight up 35. Yep. I hear more there. I was like, you know what? This is really cool. Why? Uh, this is another area, another platform, another level that we could get involved with. So that was another part that I'd advocate for. So I'd always advocate for um, cultural activity, uh, education, true education, reentry services, support well in prison. Yep. And then now I was like, we need getting with the UN. You know, yeah. sound mm-hmm. like that crazy guy that had all. No, that. no, it's so interesting. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm it just, is. it's really fascinating how you know how you brought it all the way back to this episode you know that you happen to catch and then it just sort of keeps going you know this entire journey yeah so then i become commissioner i always talk about the un i talk about our treaties and then one of our government affairs people said hey there's a the permanent forum of uh, on indigenous issues at the united nations coming up I was like, I know, I watch this stuff, I really want to go. <laughs> yeah. And so he got it lined up because we, we don't have no seat. A lot of tribes don't have a seat at the table. Mm. So we need to get in on a non-governmental organization. Yeah. Which would be the Indian Law and Research Center sponsored mm. me to have one of their seats. I had to pre-apply to get approved, and I got a name badge, which I kept. I got it at home. Oh, of course you kept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To get into the United yeah. Nations. Yeah. And, no, I worked with this lawyer who drafted my speech for me, and I think I got, like, two and a half minutes to uh-huh. make an official statement at the United Nations. And I was looking back, I was like, man, there's the the watching the prison in prison watching the tv show to going to the meeting and then to being here uh in about seven eight years yeah that's a hell of a story i was like it's it, were you it nervous is. yeah i, yeah. I can imagine I I mean, i'm thinking like man that's i would be definitely nervous. yeah yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was tribes from all over the world there yeah. yeah right and then there was the un uh people there and I'm just kind of like mixing this large. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I, meeting people and putting in the effort. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I didn't go hide out in my room afterwards. I was like, well, there's. I heard this other meeting mm-hmm. that's happening at this restaurant. Let's go check that out. Yeah. So while I was there, I hit breakfast meetings, uh, afternoon presentations, and yeah. evening meetings. I was there for like three days, and 
I'll Packed. be long. I'll yeah. do something. I was like, my people are paying for me to come yeah. here. Yeah, you gotta put uh, in the work. I'm not just gonna go make the statement and go sightseeing. Go right. to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, you know, I always come up with these things, and I, I worry that I. Oh that boy! I'm, yeah, these two are looking at yeah, me like, oh crap! Where is this? Yeah, I, I, no, it's just that I. It's all good. I worry that I that I still have more to learn, but I want to say something in the moment, you know, that's on my mind at that minute. And, and maybe it's a little wrong. Maybe it's a little right. I don't really know, but, but there's something I'm not very religious, uh, but I'm, I, I have kind of my own spirituality and we talk about that a lot on here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like in something you were saying and in a moment there, it, some part of my ancestry and, and your ancestry, uh, we we're, we're all brothers in some way. We have to have been mm-hmm. because we come from some ancient ancestor that's shared and that same spirit that's guiding you to do the things that it's telling you one way or another, it's helping you get to the place you need to be so you can help people. And I know that that same spirit is the spirit that talks to me in in a different way. You know, yeah, it's probably get you money too. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I think we have different, at some point we took different branches and we have different ways of describing it and different ways of Mm -hmm. thinking of it and talking about it, but it's, I know it's all the same thing. But it's all the same. Yeah, that's the thing is we can't, um, because I'm, I've done a lot of my own just spiritual work and Mm -hmm. whether or not it originates from here or there, I do think it's the same universal type of spirit and again it's having that conversation where there isn't divisiveness and it's not religion and you believe, believe this i believe that i think we're coming around and we're all it is the spirituality there's, there's like that's connecting us connection mm-hmm. is, is what mm-hmm. we talk yeah, i mean we're about. all humans and we're we're right. we've got to we can't be like what we were in the past mm-hmm. fighting and killing and in the name struggling, of something right putting, yeah. putting ourselves in a wheelchair you know yeah. constantly that just yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense Oh, which is uh, so I did all my time in the tribal government, and then uh, a new governor takes over in Minnesota, yeah. Tim Walls, and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, who's an Anishinaabe woman. Yeah, that's who right. I met uh, a while back, and hearing their message, and because uh, when they came up to Malax to tour, uh, I was part of the touring team that. Brought when they're candidates, um, and telling them about the area, Malak's history, and then working on some of the campaign. And when they won, I came down to the Intercontinental mm-hmm. and took part in their big celebration mm-hmm. over there. But one of their um, executive orders is Executive Order 1924, which talks about tribal consultation. And because of that, all state departments need to have a tribal liaison. So I sat in on consultations on how do state departments get a tribal liaison. Next thing you know, we're talking about how can I be the DNR's yeah. tribal liaison. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And something that we are working on since about, I think, October or November. And then I resigned from my tribal official uh, responsibilities as Commissioner of Natural Resources on January 24th and I started as uh, Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Tribal Liaison on January 27th. 
There you go. And my job now is to coordinate the meetings between Minnesota DNR and the tribes. And all right now, it's uh, the the current issues that are coming up, like a wild race or uh, environmental, but also looking for other opportunities on how can we have discussions to where state staff can learn and the tribal staff and the tribes can then work together because we have a shared sovereign responsibility over That's right. this land. Yeah. And that's uh, something I always mm-hmm. say is uh, well, the Native Governance Center, they're out of St. Paul. They have this cool demonstration where when they're doing a presentation, they'll walk into the room and be like, who here has treaty rights? And then the Indians would raise their hand and then the person would go, well, you guys all live in Minnesota? Yeah. <laughs> you all have treaty rights. Right. <laughs> the treaties work both yeah. ways, right? Yeah. So the treaty rights that Americans have is the right to occupy the space. Yeah. The treaty rights that Indians have is the right to occupy the space, plus hunt, fish, and gather, yep. live life how they want to live life. Sovereignty is... Uh, taken care of and living out your own destiny yep and ensuring that your people have access to everything that your people had and have mm-hmm. yep so I, i've been now a tribal liaison for three weeks which is having these conversations and mm-hmm. uh, getting the education out there but then I also have the, the, so that's all my government work. Yeah. That's my 8 a.m. till 8 a.m. job. <laughs> <laughs> Monday through Monday. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It never ends. Yeah. But, you know, the other stuff that I volunteer in is in the recovery community. Um, yeah. There's this group that started about in Mille Lacs a few years back. Can't remember, four years now? But it's um, called Sober Squad, and um, one of the guys that uh, he would come and ask, I was one of the only sober males at the time that was under 35 or Mm. even under 60 at one point. So they'll come talk to me. I'll help. I'll go do my work. And then up the Sober Squad came, so I helped with them, uh, coordinate events now, it's on, I think, every reservation now in the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then cities, too, like uh, Duluth, Minneapolis, Twin Cities. There was a St. Cloud one. I can't remember how well they're doing, but Brainerd, Bemidji. And then now we're moving over into these Wisconsin. Are, this is all Sober Squad. All correct? Sober Squad okay. chapters now. Yeah. Yep. So these groups are popping up, and we're working on being... A nonprofit, so we're working on getting organized, so um, huh. we're able to get funding and distribute it out. And there's uh, events like this Saturday, we have a smudge walk, and it's something that we do. We smudge out our whole community with some of our medicines, and uh, it's it called really what? What is it? A, a smudge walk. Okay. And people would light. 
bundles of sage. Mm-hmm. I got this cool little can that I light up, and we just walk in. And the idea of smudging is uh, it's to push out mm-hmm. the negativity. Mm-hmm. And modern science now proves that it actually effective against viruses, like mm-hmm. just as much as mm-hmm. Lysol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is taking tribal knowledge and applying it to a community to help with uh, addiction, uh, identity, mm. hurt, any pain. And yeah. We, we smudge the community and then we're going to have a talk. So um, I'm, I'm seeing the, the meeting. So um, I went and picked up my own uh, speaker set and my mixer now. Because we just have to borrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You're and then sometimes we wouldn't DJ get a good too, one. Then? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of what is. I mean, what do you call it? I want to say chapters, but maybe that's not the right. But mm-hmm. we'll just call them sober squads. Yeah. Sober squad chapters yeah. and how many? How many uh, members do you think? Uh, it's a tough to count, but mm-hmm. on an, um, so we have a main sober squad Facebook page uh-huh. that covers everybody and anybody. And then some of the local ones would have their own. Like mm. there'll be a Sober Squad Twin Cities. There's one. There's a page. There's a a Sober Squad uh, Duluth, I believe. Yeah. So they'll okay. mm-hmm. yeah. But on our main page, I think we're about 6,500. Mm. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. So did you say that's, that's in that Hazelden has some part of that? Uh, no, they just have part of my treatment. Part of your treatment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I did go back. So. Before hold on to your question yeah, because yeah. Uh, I did go back to Lionel and I did talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while I was still on parole, so people automatically think that I'm on parole, I can't go back and help. You got to wait, whatever. But yeah. I worked with a warden. Yeah. I got in there and did a talk for about an hour and a half in front of 250 yeah. of them, which was, you know, I was like, man, I came back to help yeah. on the very stage that they rolled that yeah. guy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy. And yeah. from that, um, they asked me to come back. And I went to some studio over by St. Paul, I think. And they're doing video curriculum now. So I was par- I'm part of their video curriculum. Yeah, so, I which can they, see that. Which they rolled out in Lionel a while back. Okay. So now I'm in there. And then another thing that... I, don't, I think I'm outside Hazelden now, but I'm working on going back every Saturday morning, getting the training to be an approved person to host a group. So I'm going to go in every Saturday and host a group inside Lionel Lakes. Okay. So, which... We How don't get it? much Indian people coming in there. Mm. No. Voluntarily. No. <laughs> oh, God. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. How how does it... Is there any interplay between that and AA? Sober Squad? Is it... You know, yeah. it's... So, before Sober Squad on Mille Lacs, there was a couple groups. There was an AA and an NA. And those are mainly for probation and parole purposes. Mm-hmm. You go get your slip mm-hmm. sign. Oh, and sure. Mm-hmm. Head out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But after Sober Squad started, now there's something in Mille Lacs every night. Good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every night of the week, there there's something going on in Mille Lacs. And then our neighboring, uh, next neighboring group would be Brainerd, which they have a couple of the meetings in the Brainerd area. And is this primarily for Native Americans, or is this 
No, it's exclusive. No, yeah. it's everybody. Yeah. yeah, that's what I uh, thought. Everybody's taken to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. great. But it started on a reservation, and that's where it kind of mm-hmm. bubbled up first. Yeah, right. But then um, Colin would talk about his uh, one of the one of the founders. There's a group of them out there, but he would talk about when they first first started doing sober squad stuff. They didn't know a name for it, and it the name just kind of bubbled up. But what really helped them was uh, putting their stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. AA and NA tells you to be anonymous, mm-hmm. and what stays here happens here, stays yeah. here, mm-hmm. here, here. Yeah, yeah. But what they would do is they're like, hey, there's a meeting tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know if you need a ride. Mm-hmm. And it went a year of that, and then he said, yeah. Then somebody said, hey, I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. picked up somebody. Then next thing you know, hey, I'll go too. And then then there's a carload. Then five carloads. And then I lent out my van. I had a 50 right. passenger van. <laughs> yeah. like, well, you got so many kids, you gotta have. Yeah. A yeah. I'm looking van. for another van. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? What's my the range? Oh, that's is, putting you on the spot. Yeah. The oldest oh. is 16. Yeah. And then. Uh, the next one, he's 12, 11, 16, 12, 11, 10, 5, and 3, and 1 on the way. Wow. Okay. And then there's two more boys. Um, they have a different dad, but they're my, my kids' siblings. Yeah. Uh-huh. That um, one of them's 15, and the other one is 11. That's pretty. That's a pretty good that? memory there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I always screw mine up. I only got three, and I always get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, wow. The one anything. thing you should touch on um, is uh, the website you're talking about just, and we can, of course, help you publicize that when that's ready to go, but you're talking about just compiling information for people that want to learn more about Native American history. Yeah, so through all this and uh, trying to learn myself and trying to help other people learn and trying to reach people on a more broader scale because not everybody is going to muster up the courage mm. to go and say, I don't know something. Mm. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. oh, that's the hardest. Yeah. It yeah. is. So, um, I noticed, uh, so in Indian Ed even, working with schools on how to get information mm. just yesterday, uh, I was at the Intercontinental for uh, Indian Affairs Council and these two eighth graders are doing a project um, from a local middle school and they're working on National History Day project mm. and they're doing it on the 1999 Supreme Court decision from Mille Lacs Band et al. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. and everybody else versus yeah. the state of Minnesota which uh, I remember that. recognized our yeah. treaty rights. Yeah. So they came in and interviewed me on that there should be a place to where these kids can access any device that they're on and information yeah yeah Yeah. so in my search for it i'm always constantly looking for knowledge and i'll always rattle off books um, anything by anton schroyer is really helpful his kids went to my camp i know anton yeah yeah uh anything by brenda child there's uh, other videos on YouTube that 
or helpful umd puts out some but there's no singular place to go right everybody's really into convenience mm-hmm. and there's no single place to go to get we're working true, on it true true information <laughs> I, I know bradley i mean we are actually once this on is all I, I mean you, you yeah. touched on so many things i'm kind of like you know yeah my mind is blowing sometimes but yeah. so i started off yeah. yeah oh a company called Wangi Bamadazing Media. And Wangi Bamadazing is an Ojibwe word, which I got from Brenda Child's book, My Grandfather's Knocking Sticks, to where she was referencing Dr. John Nichols, who's a linguist out of the University of Minnesota, who testified in the 1999 Supreme Court decision uh, yeah. on Malax versus Malax et al. The Wisconsin tribes always ask me to add et al. Yeah, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in recognition of them, so it's Malax, uh, Fond du Lac, Bad River, Red Cliff, La Coudre, Mole Lake, Lac de Flambeau, Coenal Bay, and Bay Mills. I hope I did not forget anybody. <laughs> Versus the state of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dr. John Nichols came in and did provided testimony on how the treaty would have been translated and in the book it talks about how would natural resources be translated now this very part it's in page 26 changed my life another pivotal moment i could look back on he said i was able to understand enough ojibwe at the time to where i understood what that said without having to translate it to mm-hmm. English. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was pitiful. But it was really pitiful for me, you know? I was like, I, this is a, a concept that my people had that right. floored me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it literally translates to from where we get life. Ah. Where we get life. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Natural resources from where we get life. Where do we get life? Everything that we were given as uh-huh. Anishinaabe people, the yep. cycle of energy. Yep. So, Wayne Bamadazing Media is from where life has got. I had uh, to change the ending to have a different concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From where, from where he or she gets life. Yep. And the idea behind it is to get real stories to help build the concept uh, from people that have that connection to that concept yep so all i got on there right now are links to donate um <coughs> i raised like six hundred dollars mm-hmm. on a facebook campaign mm. yeah to and working so i'm trying to use people right. in my community to do videography storyboarding mm-hmm. yep to help tell these stories <laughs> right because because they have to be told you need an yeah. opportunity yeah. for yeah. the stories to be right told Right. Yeah, you, and you I need can, a place I to I can't do it all myself. I, right. No, I was no. I was just going to say you do you sleep? I mean, <laughs> I'm just floored. You're you're all over the place. Oh, well. Uh first one to show up, last one to leave. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. yeah. you got yeah. put in as much work as that's uh, Wow. I mean, it's very inspiring. It is. I have to say. Yeah, so that that's coming out. So that's where I post uh my blog. Okay. I got a blog called Residivism. Yep. Which is the the effects of res life that cause a tendency to commit unwanted or negative behaviors. I'm still working on definition. Th- 
throughout generations because that's the important part mm-hmm. because it's not a one generational mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that that results in identity loss as opposed to that results in addiction that results in going to prison mm-hmm. yep. it's mm-hmm. rooted in identity loss any talk that i did with elders any talk i did with people from other tribes even um white people i was like yeah i didn't know who i am i didn't believe in who i was mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. lost, lost the identity in one way or another mm-hmm. yep so that's um through my transition in a new job i took a step back so i can have focus to get acclimated to working for the state but i'm going to be coming back to it to blogging it out but then i've been recording the podcast part yeah because i didn't know how to podcast it at the time Mm -hmm. i couldn't gather my thoughts Mm -hmm. so someone suggested well blog about it first Mm. yeah and so i started blogging about it and now i got i think one or two depending on how i cut it up maybe three um, episodes that i can um, release and then i also work with colin to do the sober squad podcast which we have like i think five episodes uploaded to soundcloud Mm -hmm. and then we're looking for somebody in our group to you know to fill these voids uh who's going to be the person that starts our gets it onto uh itunes or yeah 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 it's a lot of there's a lot of work you need a team yeah 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 Yeah. wow well i it's been a fantastic discussion it has i think you should be awfully um proud of yourself for and you know everything that you've done and it's just it started with that one day of recognition and now you're really you didn't just say it you're doing it every single day so congratulations i bet you i mean i can imagine you have a huge impact on some Mm -hmm. of the young men Mm -hmm. that you are around that you're mentoring sort of Mm -hmm. well that's with that's the whole uh legacy forward thing Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you don't you can't really know in the moment Mm -hmm. whether that's the hard part of of doing a lot of work you don't really know right now that it's actually going to pay off but it's like it's like planting seeds Mm -hmm. you know you have to do it and just pray that it all works out and and you know look after things as you go so yeah and when when i'll planting the seeds you know then Sometimes I get so obsessed and I try to water the heck yeah. out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, it does yeah. more harm. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. well, looking back and learning from uh, the successes that I've had and also the mistakes mm-hmm. yeah. is uh, how can I be better today to have that impact to where my boys don't have to go soul searching as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. and how I can keep them connected to where they won't lose what ever they're able to obtain uh, up to this point mm-hmm. in their lives mm-hmm. yeah and how can i get their friends to have it because um you know they're 10 or 10 and 12 no 11 and 12 now and i pick them up and their friends and mm-hmm. some of their friends' dads aren't in the picture mm-hmm. or they're yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that well, the dads are the people that I know, the guys that I know mm-hmm. that are still in prison, and in some cases, some of them have OD'd and passed yeah. on. Mm-hmm. How am I able to reach those guys too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be there for the well, it's a community. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to be there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys, we managed through another 
Well, we're yeah, we're going to have to have you back to continue. Yeah, this is a longer discussion. conversation. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even really, you know. I know. I'm, I'm kind of like in listen mode today. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Bradley, I mean, right. I'm, well, you did a, you did a great job, and we didn't get to the part where we kind of ask you other questions about like. What do you what do, do you for, for fun? fun and all the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, <He's> b- <laughs> you know. Yeah, but oh, I so, play guitar and yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Are you in a band? Um, if I had more time, I probably would. Okay. Yeah, I Coming mean, up. not that you, you're the first one there and the last one to leave. So <laughs> there's not a lug all the stuff. Around. Right, right. I love it. Well, thank you so yes, much. Thank for you for sharing. Thank you for coming us. in. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.